0: I've had, what was the song? There? Oh, A Diva. A Diva. This says
1: a warning. Yeah. Keep your love away, away from, from me. me. I seriously had that in my head for six days. Oh, I listened days.
0: to A Diva like after <laughs> this that. This is a warning. And, and and a few other bang famers did too. We we had a bit of a session. Bang. <laughs> bang. Bang.
1: Bang. 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 Bang on. Hello, Miff. Hello, Zan. How are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling like a husk today. Yeah. And I just want to give Bang Fam a heads up. We're going to talk about the week that was. It's been a heavy week. It's been a frustrating week. It's been an exhausting week. Uh, from what I've seen um, on social media and speaking to friends, I, I know we're not alone in feeling this. Yep. Um, this might be an episode of Bang On where we talk about things that could bring up trauma for For you. For a lot of
0: people and I think all this week has brought up trauma for a lot of people who have experienced any kind of sexual assault. It's just in our faces 24-7 at the moment and it's really hard. The stories, the way that it's being handled
1: by certain people, um, it's it's re-traumatising for many people. We don't want to do that to
0: you so um, we want you to take care of yourself. This is an out if if you don't want to listen because, you know, like – there's some things I don't want to read because it's too much.
1: Yeah, so if this if this chat is going to be something that you reckon you should sit out, then and sit it out, please. Um, there has been some light amongst the stories coming out of Canberra as well. We're going to get to that soon. And we are going to give you a good dose of Golden Globes
0: fashion. Oh, yeah. And a much-needed Dolly update as well. So uh, stick around for yeah, that if you're goodness. up for it. There's goodness this week and there is, there is goodness in the world. But I think in a, in a week like this with – all of the stories that we've heard and all of the trauma that many people are reliving it. It's hard to remember that there's good in the world, and I think i I feel personally I feel furious and I feel exhausted. and I don't know I don't know how to reconcile that. i I don't even know how to make sense of it.
1: That exhaustion, as well, I think, comes from a feeling of just when is this going to end? But the in terms of trying to take a step back and look at this, um, in a, a an objective way, I have seen a lot of political journalists say that they've never seen um, this level of intensity in terms of a, a period of of reporting sexual assault and misconduct mm. um, in Australian politics. They've they've never seen it at this level and at this volume. And I know that a lot of people were feeling the the incandescent rage as they yeah. watched uh, a press conference yesterday. If you're listening to Bang on on Thursday. Um, that Christian Porter, the Attorney General, gave. Um, we're not going to go through the details of of what has been um, alleged. I think that you're across it, um, but the responses from the the government um, and also Christian Porter directly to these allegations, it, again, it's just you're watching another woman's story not be believed and I know that people were screaming at the television watching the, the way that he chose to respond
0: to this. The most distressing thing to me is guilt or innocence at the moment is... It's difficult. You know, you, can, you can't determine this unless, of course, there is a police investigation, which there may not be because that poor woman is, is no longer with us mm. and that in itself is infuriating. Um, and I imagine for her family, you know, this is not over. They speak about this. It's the language around it. It's the language of ignorance. It's the language that speaks to not taking this seriously, not taking women's women's situations and women's stories seriously. The fact that the Prime Minister and the Attorney-General, who both are well aware that this is a very legal issue, um. Haven't looked at the reports. Say they haven't looked at the reports. Say they haven't looked at the... You can't plead ignorance in that department these days. I mean, think about if anything was said or done about you, a letter was written, you would read that and you would have had lawyers crawling all over it for a long time. And I'm just astounded that women's stories aren't considered valuable enough, that language can still be used to dismiss them in such a way. That's what I find absolutely infuriating.
1: Also the rhetoric around believing women. A lot of people have been showing a quote that I think Scott Morrison said in 2019 about women's stories need to be believed and then how that rhetoric then flips um, when it's a member of of your own cabinet um, that these allegations are being levelled against. Also I think that that it's so complex and I don't, you know, social media is certainly not a court of law. I think we've noticed that. Um, It's unlikely that there'll be a an investi- a police investigation in this and yet at the same time the prime minister is saying that we need to respect the rule of law yeah. that well that gives you an easy out doesn't it because it will never go through the legal system if there's no case
0: and so and therefore there is no rule of law so to that, be leveled at this
1: yeah so in that case how how can you just shut it down and this the language in particular really stuck out to me um in the press conference Christian Porter the way that he spoke about it, he was talking about disproving something that doesn't exist. So if you think about someone, anybody who's had an allegation named against them, levelled against them and then they would stand up, I'm talking about anyone, not just a politician Mm. or a lawyer, anyone, and saying, oh, um, no, it just didn't exist. That that doesn't make sense. You can't just say that and then full stop, that's the end. It's, as you say, particularly strange because he has the highest – Office of law in the land. He's Mm. the Attorney General. Uh, And I think that a lot of people are calling in that regard, if there can't be a police investigation, for an independent investigation, because otherwise it just culture continues. The culture hangs the culture continues. It hangs over um, the government in a in a really bad way. um, And to shut it down, it's not it's not just going to go away and it will continue to diminish the power that victims feel. The lack of power they feel in coming forward in telling their story and being believed. Mm. You know, the culture that this builds and confirms is so toxic. And we've seen that this is what's led to many of these allegations about sexual assaults within Parliament House, um, within the culture of politics in Australia. That's got to change. That's got to change. And and the the, the actions, the public actions that you make and the things that you say don't do or don't change the way that it's always been.
0: Yeah. And it's a structural issue. It's 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 absolutely revolting, the culture that exists in Parliament, I think. If this is going on, regardless of who these accusations are levelled against, it's a cultural issue, isn't it? Mm. it, that needs to be dealt with. And we also had this week the story of the Sydney woman who attended one of Sydney's girls' schools, who revealed uh, through a survey that she put out that had, I think, something like... 22,000 plus signatories that they had been uh, subject to sexual abuse via young men that went to boys schools and it's just it's awful it's just absolutely awful and then you get school principals sending out notices to parents talking about how women how girls I should say at school need to be careful about the environments that they put themselves in and drinking and all of that. Like when does this narrative change from look after yourself, girls, don't put yourself in this situation, to hey, boys, stop raping.
1: Yeah. Like it's as simple as <laughs> again that. Again and again, it's about the victim it's taking victim. responsibility for the actions victim that are blaming. perpetrated and against it, them.
0: And it just hasn't sunk in and it's not changing.
1: The ADF, chief of the ADF as well, yeah, um, coming out and um, saying, you know, his words were taken out of context but mm. – um, saying that, you know, don't be attractive. Yeah. Because that will lure predators. Um,
0: women get raped however they look and have since the beginning of time. Women get raped because people rape them. Yeah.
1: and Not because of something that they do. No. There, there's a lot this week. I think, you know, on a, on a parallel line, um, something else that I, I just continually triggers me is this narrative and, and deflection as well of a media witch hunt. Like you're accountable as a minister in the government. A journalist's job is to hold those in power to account. Mm. It's not a witch hunt. Fuck that right off. I'm so sick yeah. of hearing that. I'm um, so sick of the diminishing uh, conversations around journalism. It just seems to be taking us in the direction that America where has gone, where the media is just
0: so undervalued now by the broad population. Well, it's easy to say and you can it's just a witch hunt and that writes off for a certain... Portion of the po- the population, they'll just go. Oh, right. Well, it must be wrong then. Yeah, you know, it's the media's fault, and it's like, well, then the media is not all evil. They're doing their job.
1: Yeah. Yesterday, just a couple of hours before Christian Porter gave this press conference, Grace Tame appeared at the National Press Club, oh,
0: and the timing of that as it's, well.
1: Yeah. Phenomenal. They wouldn't have known that that was going to happen. Um, and I think that this is a conversation that if if you got swept up in everything else that happened yesterday afternoon and you didn't see this, I implore you to go and check it out. The whole speech, it's about 25 minutes, is on iview right now. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, Grace Tame is Australian of the Year. She is a survivor of child sex abuse and has been a champion for victims being legally able to speak about their crimes, something mm-hmm. that... They weren't able to do before she literally changed the laws around this through campaigning. Um, and this was a phenomenal speech and it was about that shifting of responsibility. It spoke to shifting of responsibility, of shame in particular from where it often sits in victims' and perpetrators in the wrong way around and how to do that via policy change, via law change, via education was a huge part of that. Consent is a huge part of that. And I know that's a conversation that is getting louder and louder, which I'm so happy to see in schools in particular. And also a national definition of consent. I didn't realise this, but every single state and territory has a different definition of consent. So how can you have this broad approach to what consent? I didn't either. And that's what I learned from this fantastic speech. Language is important. The way that um, her perpetrator uh, was the 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 charge laid against him was that he maintained a relationship with someone under the age of eighteen. He was a paedophile who raped a fifteen year old girl. He didn't main maintain relationship. Language is important. He got two odd years. I think he spent nineteen months in jail, and then when he came out, he boasted about. The experience. Yeah. So this is all of this is the context of Grace Tame's story and what drove her to be an advocate. And the whole speech, I know a lot of people have been covering the follow-up press conference, which we'll get to one moment of that, but the whole speech, it gave me hope because I know that this is we're in this this bin fire of a time where we feel that anger and that frustration and that exhaustion. Is why are we still here? But I do feel like these conversations, they are, they are getting bigger. They are being spoken about by people in positions of power that maybe didn't give them the time that they should have. It is changing. Like I want people to feel the hope that it is changing. And right now when the eyes of Australia are on politicians and their responses and how they do this, there's an opportunity to use that platform yeah. to push through those voices, to have your voice heard. Mm. People are
0: listening more than they were before. Yep.
1: So, did you watch the press conference? Did you I, see? I saw
0: bits of the press conference, yeah. And um, her response to the question from the SBS journalist—the uh, question was um, about Scott Morrison's comments that he made about have, having daughters, and which we ha-
1: spoke about in Bangalore. Yeah, we've yeah. already
0: spoken about this one. Um, and she came up with the answer, and it was succinct and it was brief, and she didn't elaborate. And I loved that. It was just responding from a position of experience. This is not political, but this is what it was. It shouldn't take having children to have a conscience.
1: And actually, on top of that, having children doesn't guarantee a conscience. And you could hear the shift in the room, couldn't you? Yeah. You could hear people just kind of going, oh, she went
0: there, but also... Bloody spot on. Yeah, but also what pissed me off is you see the the, the headlines that happen straight after and saying that she rebukes the Prime Minister, she retaliates against the Prime Minister. This language, again, we get back to that, language is important. She didn't do any of that. She answered a question. Eloquently. Eloquently and succinctly from a position of experience. Yeah. And that should be respected and the language around that is so important and... That's what pisses me off about all of this. It's Her answer was not political. Mm,
1: Yeah. She speaks about the way that the media interrogate victims, ask them to relive um, the events that have caused trauma, re-traumatise them, all of that. It's such a lesson for me as well. I'm part of the media. Um, I don't often speak to um, people in this realm because I'm not a news journalist, but it was still such a lesson in how to... Um, treat victims with respect and survivors yeah. with respect.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of instances where victims have been asked to relive their trauma for the entertainment of the audience and I do think it is has been in the past for the entertainment, you know, that producers will say, get the tears, do this, mm-hmm. do that, in order to get that response and it's not fair. This has to stop too. Yeah, Reliving trauma is not something people should have to do.
1: The whole speech is up on iView. We'll put it in the show notes. If you're up for watching it, um, I think it will give you hope, this speech. I honestly do. It's She's just phenomenal. And I know that she gives a voice to so many people and empowers so many people to tell mm. their stories as well. Um, there are a handful of great support articles too. I think this is testament to the fact that throughout the last few days, every news story I've seen around this has ended with... Um, a call to you know if you need it 1-800-RESPECT yeah. and Lifeline on 13 11 14 the media is getting better at this but also it speaks to the hugely traumatic response that these stories invoke um, and there are some support articles that you pointed out to me which are really fantastic that we'll put in yeah. the show notes too if you're sort of navigating how to deal with all of this because even if you choose not to read or to watch it's hard to escape it when is it's hard the to biggest escape, story in the news seven,
0: yeah and it's 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 a
1: lot. It's a lot. Man. On to happier things? Yes, please. Bing, bang, bong, sing,
0: sang, song, ding, dang, dong, UK high. Oh, I love that song. And that bing, is- dang, dong, bing, bing bang, bang, bong, <laughs> bing, bang, on. Oh, my God. Miff <laughs> and <laughs> we could We could use that. That is, of course, one of the songs that has... Um, been created as part of UK Drag Race season two, which is like, going on, which I haven't watched, but I loved season one of UK Drag Race. That my two favourites were Cheryl Hole based on the the human being Cheryl Cole, and the other one, <laughs> <laughs> um, the other one was Bag of Chips. She, she was a, a fabulous queen. I love Bag of Chips, one of my faves of the entire <laughs> series across across the world. So um, I needed
1: that love. I
0: know. I know. Um, but we have uh, the Down Under drag race. Yeah, which is filmed in New Zealand. New Zealand. It's still Down Under. I know people are a bit upset that it's not in Australia, but, you know, they had their COVID stuff sorted out way before us, as if you wouldn't.
1: Yeah, and I think there's going to be Australian and New Zealand queens involved. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the queens will be
0: revealed this weekend I'm sorry, at Mardi Gras. sorry, they'll
1: be revealed.
0: They will be revealed. And also what was revealed, revealed is that the Reveal host... Reveal yourself! <laughs> the host, well, actually, no... One of the co-hosts. One, one of the, of the judges. judges. Permanent judges every week. It's amazing. Reese Nicholson, amazing. comedian. It's un- unbelievable. Magnificent. What a choice. I love it. Reese uh, recently had a Netflix special.
1: Um, full disclosure, he is a good friend of mine. I'm very excited about this. <laughs> you would have seen Reese on a number of different um, TV shows. You've probably seen him do comedy. He's got beautiful hilarious. red hair, wears a lovely little bow tie, and and, so, and he's the, the king of sassy barbs. Yeah. So he's going to be perfect um, on the panel sitting next to Michelle Visage
0: for Drag Race Down Under. It is so exciting. so exciting. And, look, if you're thinking about the magnitude of this in terms of um, what that will mean, in England it's Graham Norton, who's one of the judges, Alan Carr as well, Mm. another one of the judges, and they're some of the biggest stars in the country. So this is a deal.
1: And RuPaul's Drag Race, all these different incarnations around the world, they're viewed around the world Mm. too. So people from all over the planet are going to be watching. I can't wait to see which uh, queens are going to be up for it um, this weekend. And on that, yeah, Mardi Gras, the whole festival has been going down midsummer, earlier in the year as well. Um, But the big parade, which everyone can watch on SBS, is happening this weekend. A big, fat, happy queer Christmas (laughs) to all the Bang fam. It is the happiest time of the year. Sure is. Um, And it's going to be a little bit different this year, but I'm so glad that it's still going on um, in a slightly different form and have a wild time if you're going to be part of it. Whether you're partying on the ground at the SCG or if you're partying at home and watching it, it's gonna be heaps of fun.
0: Sure will be. Um, something else that was heaps of fun was watching Dolly Parton get her vaccine. Oh my god, speaking of queer <laughs> icons.
1: Can we just take a listen to how she changed the song, riffing <laughs> off something that had gone viral a few weeks earlier?
0: Vaccine, 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 vaccine. I'm begging of you, please don't hesitate. Vaccine, 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 vaccine once you then that's a bit
1: too late. <laughs> so she finally gets the Moderna vaccine. This is the vaccine that she had a hand, literally a million dollar donation mm. to developing,
0: um, which and she so said.
1: She waited. She, she waited. She's been waiting, which she, she said in the video, I've been waiting since December.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a good little cute video. It actually made me feel good inside. You yeah. know, she sang the vaccine version of Jolene. Oh, it was just great and we saw her shoulders as well. So, we've had choice. Yeah, we've heard all the rumors about Dolly being fully tattooed all over, over her body. Oh, Not gosh. the case. Not the case. I forgot about yeah, that because he put the alcohol swab on there and everything. I was looking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it forensic investigation into the upper arm of Dolly Parton. I know. The yeah. whole video is super cute like can I just a few things that I was watching because it was it was great to see Najee Abumrad, who was this is her doctor Bestie um, at Vanderbilt. He's literally works in the um, the areas that were helping develop the vaccine. And um he really, I, hadn't, he really I, hadn't sort of
0: done any prep for
1: oh this. My God. <laughs> He's just faffing about, dropping shit. Oh. And her she's just not dealing because she is one of the most professional people in the world. Oh. And she does her whole like this is what I'm doing. I love the the sassy sides. She's like, I'm old enough and smart enough enough to get it yeah. kind of you know referring to the anti-vaxxers yeah. don't
0: be a coward don't be said. a coward um, she didn't mince words which I love as well
1: straight d- yeah straight down the barrel of the camera get the vaccine and then Najee comes onto the set and he's just a hot mess he's not looking down the barrel goes like oh hi thank you for doing this and dropping stuff and wow. she's and she's just kind of like oh you're taking a while and she's just, <laughs> just kind of trying to keep you know when you're sort of having to pad on yeah. stage and she's and just like padding. I
0: started this video we can't edit it <laughs> You've mucked up your end of the deal. And I suspect too, because he'd be a pretty high high up there doctor, they don't give needles anymore, do they? But no. they haven't done a needle for about 20 years. He was stressing And she's realising
1: that as he's just <laughs> faffing about going, oh, God, have I made the right choice. It is so cute. Uh, well worth checking out. Dolly Parton, an absolute queen. What a legend. <laughs> Oh, Golden Globes finally went down. Mm. Uh, Emily in Paris didn't win anything, which is... That
0: show couldn't really after it was revealed that uh, quite a few members of the Golden Globes uh, judging team had taken some trips to Paris, all expenses (gasps) paid. Payola!
1: Payola. So, yeah, I think that if they
0: had awarded Emily in Paris any kind of Golden Globe, because we know that show's not worthy of a golden globe really come on yeah things would have been completely sus. so yeah that w- that was one good news out of the golden so globes the <laughs>
1: integrity of the golden globes continues and i am doing inverted commas mm-hmm. when i say that look some you know there was winners um we'll talk about some of them actually in in the bang on that i'm going to be doing today but can we talk about what is most important the fashion
0: <laughs> now I've kept I've kept myself nice and not looked at the fashion until now.
1: I want your real time react. Real time
0: reacts, and um, I'm looking at uh, Vogue.co.uk little spread on the Golden Globes 2021 best dressed on the red carpet. Mm. Can I say still have a problem with best dressed? Like why are we why are we making women compete again? Yeah. Getting dressed, yep, like, I'm tearing and tearing them apart when we don't agree with the choices. And also, choices. Not, I mean, I know that they haven't done worse dressed, that's good, but like we're still doing best dressed, and it's oh, I'm so tired. Sorry to bring the mood down. <laughs> um, what but, were the highlights? Oh, the highlights well, we've got L Fanning in Gucci. I mean, it's lovely, that looks a little bit like a nighty to me, yeah, it's a bit too on the satin tip. Can um, we discuss the Tule toilet paper cover
1: dresses? Rosamund Pike and Nicole Coughlin. I think that's how you say her name. She's from Bridgerton. Oh, yes. Both in the same designer, both looking like one of those fluffy dolls that grandma used to put over the toilet roll. The Dunny doll. The Dunny Dunny doll. (laughs)
0: The the Dunny roll doll. My nana had one. Why do people keep making dresses like that? because you can eat what you like Oh, under there and no one's looking at your shape. No one's looking at you in your body and judging you. I love it because it was Rihanna who first wore the Dunny doll. I think it was to a Met Ball or to an award ceremony, that pink one. Yeah. And so much proof. So much proof. But the, the reality is what it does is just gives you ample room. It's like wearing tracksuit pants out or leggings. Um, you get to wear that and it's like, but you get to do what you want and not worry about it. So I'm I'm all for the dunny, the dunny World doll <laughs> dress.
1: One of the most amazing prints um, and dresses was from um La Vie by CK, uh, Viola Davis in that designer. CK is a oh, yeah. Cameroonian-born designer living in LA. Friggin' awesome. That's an
0: amazing dress. Loud,
1: beautiful yeah, print. more
0: of that, please. Um, and the thing is I think everyone felt free to just completely throw caution to the wind because they weren't doing a red carpet, which, let's be honest, is a pretty awful experience. It's quite confronting. Mm. Uh, I mean, these, these women are used to it mostly, but it's full on, you know. You've got cameras
1: taking photos from every angle. Every
0: bit. If you've ever had any kind of insecurity about your body, it's like that's when it hits. Yeah. So these women, you can just see them in their bathrooms or in yeah. the lounge rooms.
1: Just <laughs> that's the best thing about all these shots. You can see that they're in a hotel room, yeah, and they're on their couch. That's
0: right. And, and you know, wearing ridiculous shoes that you could never walk down a red carpet with. I'm looking at Cynthia Arrivo, who's wearing Valentino Haute Couture, but also the shoes. My goodness. These are platform, I don't know what you call There's a skyscraper platform. That's don't?
1: Naomi Campbell on the
0: catwalk tipping over shoes. Yeah, exactly. If you've seen those videos of women falling over, that's
1: exactly that's what, what she's She's, she's t- <laughs> absolutely testing the waters there. Can you just scroll down to the very bottom? I want to talk about Emma Corrin's dress. Um, she starred as Diana in the latest season of The Crown. was amazing. I think she won Best Supporting Actor for it as well, Best Actress. Anyway, she's literally... And it says so intentionally dressed as a French clown. <laughs> I love it.
0: I that, love it. Like is she
1: sending a message? No. It's all a show. What's going on? Like I it's love a this. phenomenal and ridiculous dress. Well, you
0: know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that dress that Diana wore when she was in Australia and she came out here with Prince Charles. That it's that same sort of neckline. Mm. That kind of um, look like you work at Daryl Lee behind the counter <laughs> neckline. <laughs> Which I am loving, but then the glamour of the velvet with whatever the hell's going—I love that dress. Oh, and you'd love that I one. I love it. It's kind of Rococo as well. You know those sort of necks that yeah, they yeah, have yeah. around there as well in all the paintings. Those ridiculous sort of neck. I love it. I'm all here for it. It's magnificent. Thank you for lifting his fashion. Who else was a highlight? I'm still. I'm still enjoying. I can't take it off. <coughs> oh yes, good. Yep. Yeah, everyone looks great. Selma Hayek. I mean, oh, who is this amazing. woman? Does she, like, nothing? She's like, I don't even know what to say. She's so hot. <laughs> She's just n- n- just amazing. Like, they all look gorgeous. And let's stop saying even best dressed, can we? Just say. Dressed. You look fucking awesome. <laughs> you got dressed. You. Yeah, you got dressed. <laughs> These ladies got Dressed. To go out to go. an awards ceremony. Please and enjoy. Please enjoy that these ladies put a dress on, <laughs> put a frock on.
1: So there were actually some gongs um, at the Golden Globes. <laughs> um, beyond the fashion, there were awards. And I actually wanted to bang on. Are we, do yes. you want to bang on? Yeah, um, yeah.
0: I mean, I guess we can go straight in if you like. Well, yeah, I just thought because
1: the film that won Best Film and Best Director mm-hmm. Nomad Land yes. is what I'm
0: banging on about. I have been waiting to bang on about I this know. for literally months. And I was going to see it with you, but I missed out. So yeah. tell me about it. What's, it. what's it about? Who's in it? What's it like? So
1: it had a few previous screenings. Some bang fan may have seen it in December. It opens everywhere today. You have to see this film. Um, it was directed by Chloe Zhao, who has won Best Director at the Globes. Frances McDormand stars in it. She's the one who bought the rights to the book and optioned it and developed it with Zoe, who wrote the screenplay as well. And it's the story of a recently widowed woman who lives in a little town called Empire, Nevada. It's one of those towns where the main industry has shut down. So it's a factory that makes construction materials. That closes and the town literally ceases to exist. Everybody leaves because there's nothing there for them anymore. So um, and it's a true story. Uh, Frances McDormand sells what she can to buy a van and then she heads out to find seasonal work, which kind of keeps her moving oh as, a, as a nomad. And along her travels she makes friends with other nomads, other people who are living by themselves, um, mostly people of a certain age. It very much speaks to women. a lot of women, speaks to that um, kind of epidemic of homelessness for women of a, of a certain age. But she ends up finding this which amazing. Which is something
0: we should also be pissed off about.
1: That's a, yeah. I think we've talked about that before. I'm mm. bang on. It's Sorry, a whole I've got to be angry. Then. I know <laughs> it's been a week. Um, she ends up finding a support crew among these other nomads and meets up with them. And and the thing that I love is that which I didn't realize at the time. Um, spoiler alert: If you don't want to hear this, then just skip forward the next thirty seconds. Most of the people in the film are actual nomads. They're okay. not actors. <gasps> And they're freaking incredible. Oh my You're going to love Swanky. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. The thing that I love about this is this is a film of nuance. It's not black and white. It's it's about homelessness but also not, you know, there are choices that are made about independence, about choosing the life you want to lead. Things have happened to this character that Frances McDormand plays but she still has choice and she actively chooses to live as a nomad when she has opportunities to stay with people. Um, and it's also about grief too and it's so beautifully done and such a grounding film. Frances McDormand as an actor, she just excels in tiny acting, just one little expression on her face and you know exactly what the story is and where she's going. Um it's phenomenal. I'm going to see it again. My mum just saw it this week and oh, really? she, she was like, oh, I want to see it again. I'm like, I'll come okay. with you. So it's fantastic. Um, it's got a repeat viewing recommendation. Absolutely, I love that. Yeah, and see it on the big screen because yeah. the shots of as she travels through America and some of my favourite parts of America too, through the desert and national parks, mm-hmm. It's just phenomenal. It's something you should see at a cinema. I will.
0: And we can. I promise. That's right. We can go to the movies. We can go to the cinema now. For most of Australia, that's not a, a novelty. But for us, it's still
1: exciting in Victoria. Very, very <laughs> lucky. What are you banging on about?
0: Um, well, look, I've been looking for something to watch that really doesn't engage my mind in terms of... What's wrong with the world? I, yeah. I wanted to watch something that makes me feel like there are some things that are right with the world and I found it and it was great. It's a a new series. Well, it's the second series I, I realised I started watching. There's a series that started in twenty seventeen and it's called Abstract, The Art of Design. So ah. it's pure it's pure escapism if you don't want to engage that that part of your brain that feels exhausted bring it on and we want to feel some optimism about the world and also see creative people being fucking awesome <laughs> and just having <laughs> ideas and and making shit happen and like it's yeah you, i think i think we're forgetting that there's that part of the world too and and it's been such a heavy year with coronavirus and all of this stuff that's, that's just bubbling away at the surface, that it's really great to go back. You know, it's not a perfect. I've only watched a couple of episodes. It's not perfect. It's very glamorous and, it, you know, everyone looks fabulous and, you know, it looks gorgeous and they're like a photographer, a shoe designer and an architect and it's like, oh, oh, oh look at these amazing, Escapism. wealthy people but because, you know, they're all very established and they all live in great, you know, houses and have staff and stuff. Uh, <laughs> But it's also about science, and it's about the melding of science and design. It's about ideas for the future and ideas for now, and thinking differently. And from what I can gather, anyway, like I said, I'm only two episodes in, but um, yeah, it's it, it, if you you get the concept, it's from the former Wired magazine editor, editor oh, okay. Scott Dadich, um, and so it's very holding these people up as if they're incredible. But you know what? Why not? Why the fuck not? <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's it called again?
0: It is called Abstract, The Art of Design and it's on Netflix.
1: All right. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Sweet. Hey, um, great bang-ons. I've still got to get to industry but oh, I'm yeah. loving all these recommends. I'm in the middle of moving house so I've just not been watching anything. It's very
0: sad. That's all right. Also,
1: moving house is very sad.
0: Ma- moving house is traumatic. <laughs> Again, just add that to the list.
1: What a week it's been. Can I leave you with an amazing review? Thank you to all the Bang fam yeah. who have been leaving reviews. We so appreciate it. Like it's oh. just
0: any time, but this week in particular, Can- it's just lifted our spirits so hardcore. Can I tell you on Twitter and also on Instagram, the morning of the Dolly video, it was like bang, 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 <laughs> bang, 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 everyone. Bang. Have you seen this? Have you seen this?
1: We love it. The community knows. I know. uh, This review on Apple Podcasts, just fruit-cakingly terrific. If you like clever, funny, raw and honest women, then this is your podcast. From music and TV through to fashion and news, Miff and Zan cover it all. Here's the best bit. It's like having a Tim Tam and a cup of tea with your besties on the couch, bras
0: off, socks on. (laughs) So good. Bras off, socks on. That is
1: exactly how we're recording today. Pretty much.
0: (laughs) Pretty much. I'm going to get that on a T-shirt. Bras off, socks on. Bras off, socks on.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for everyone's reviews. That one particularly lifted my soul. I laughed out loud. I loved it. Yep. Oh, man. Next week, same time. Same place? Oh,
0: Why not? Let's, right. th- let's hope things have
1: improved. Bing bang on me and I <laughs> no, no, can't Bing, take Bing bang it. on.
0: <laughs> you can. See you next week. Bye. Bang, 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 Bang.
1: Bang.
0: Bang.
1: Bang on.